get up, get, get up, get up. What's up, Mets fans? Welcome back to a bonus episode of the Mets Stub Podcast, the official podcast of the New York Mets. We figured this would be a perfect time to kind of preview the second half of the season, which of course starts for the Mets on Friday with a series against the San Diego Padres. So we'll talk about that series. We also have all the All-Star Game festivities and just kind of checking in. We have a mailbag. We haven't done that in a few. So we're going to answer your guys' questions at home. We asked you on Twitter. Make sure you're following us at Mets Up on all our social media. We asked you to send us some questions. You guys sent us some amazing ones. We're going to answer it here on this episode of the Mets Up Podcast. If you guys are not yet following us, like I said, follow us on Mets Up. If you're looking for the YouTube video, it'll be on the New York Mets YouTube channel, which I found out the other day that there were some people who just only listened to us on YouTube, James, which is, which is pretty crazy. I knew that. I actually have talked to a lot of people who've shared that exact same sentiment, which is at one time really cool because these the actual people who know our faces recognize us when we go to the ballpark. The other side of that, it's really funny because we get significantly more traffic on Spotify and Apple and everything. So it's cool to know that we have that many different listeners. Well, what was crazy is I got a DM and they're like, what happened to the podcast? I'm like, what do you mean what happened to the podcast? They're like, I haven't seen a YouTube video in over a month. I'm like, it's still going on. It's on the Mets page. The guy was like, oh my God, that's so crazy. I can't believe it. So somewhere, does he not, somehow. Does he not follow us on Twitter? Nope. Strictly just followed just YouTube. the YouTube channel. That was a, he was a YouTube commenter? Yep. He was a, well, he DM'd oh. me on Instagram. And was like, what happened? Where is it? We should put out a video, a short one, on our, the personal YouTube channel again. Redirect yeah. everybody. I, I think we're going to do that because it oh, appears so that there are some There's people, people that, that missed we're us. Losing. No. Yeah, we're miss, missing some people. But hey, New York Mets YouTube channel, that's where it will now be. And if you're listening to us, the same places as always. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey. Wherever you get them, drop us a rating, drop us a review, download the podcast, subscribe to the feed, whatever you got to do. I'm not going to bring in James because we've already been talking, but... James, how are we feeling? Uh, you know, second half starts on Friday, big series against the Padres. What's what's your thoughts? This has been a nice a nice wind down couple of days here. You know, like the home run derby we'll talk about in a little bit. Like it wasn't that stressful for Pete. It just happened and was over. All-star game, none of the mess anything really eventful. We'll talk about that too. But it's just been a nice a nice recalibration after just the stressful just stressful lives of baseball to be ready, take a deep breath and try to enjoy what or hopefully enjoy what's about to happen. It's been the all-star break for us as well. I mean, even with the draft going on, the boys, hard work never stops. No days off, as Bill Belichick once said. But literally. Yeah, I mean, between the MLB draft and the home run derby and the all-star game, even without baseball, pretty much today, the day that we're recording, which is Wednesday, July 20th, is kind of the only day that nothing has been going on sports-wise. SB day. SB day. Forever and ever. This is always the SB day, the Wednesday after the all-star game, every single year since the beginning of time. You give me so much crap about loving the World Baseball Classic. I don't watch the SBs. I just know they're on. I'm not going to pay attention to the SBs. I'm just okay, aware okay. that they're happening. I was about to say, like, watching the SBs, I couldn't think of a bigger waste of time. No, I, I'd, I'd rather almost do anything. I'd rather, like, do more work than watch yeah. the SBs. Easily. I, it's not even close, I, actually. I'd consider doing homework for a class I don't have than rather watching yeah. the SBs. Mark would maybe read the book. Maybe. Reading depends a book, book. you're, re- depends you're on the really book. stretching it. Yeah, it's got to be like a, it's gotta be a good sports book. A good sports book. Bad guys won. Jeff Perlman. Okay. I'll, I'll consider it in case X, SB Day comes up next year and yeah. I have nothing to do. Next year for the SBs, I'll bring it to you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we can do. But talking about the All-Star game in particular, I mean, it was kind of weird because obviously the Home Run Derby is the biggest hyped up event. Pete was one of the favorites to win it. And he just didn't really have it, it seemed like, which is understandable. I mean, I feel like once you win it a couple times, probably the drive and the 
aspirations maybe aren't as strong as they once were. Yeah, and the field was pretty lights out, especially Pete had to go up against. Who was first round for Pete? Pete went up against Acuna, Acuna in the first yeah, round. Yeah, Acuna actually wasn't that good because the Braves guy was throwing sliders. <laughs> yeah, did you, see, did you see the Pitching Ninja video with the tail? Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was really funny. It's filthy. Yeah, but then you ran into Julio Rodriguez, who, one, just seems like a home run derby ringer. Yeah. Two, his pitcher was absolutely incredible. Minimal arm movement, never moved his feet. I think his name was Tanya, Tanya something. but No, it was Pena, Pena. Pena, Pena. But just Pete ran into Julio. Julio seems to be the hottest rising star in the game. He was amazing at the home run derby. Had that hunger that you just mentioned that Pete lacked after winning it twice. It's just when you're on that first, that first part of your rookie scale deal before arbitration kicks in, the home run derby's more than your yearly salary significantly. So oh, we want to yeah. win that. No, Julio's playing for some serious, you know, cha- chunk of change for him for a guy who's on that minimum salary. But I really do think, honestly, the biggest story of this entire home run derby was the fact that Albert Pujols beat Kyle Schwarber in what was seemingly a weird David versus Goliath in home run derby terms. But obviously Pujols, one of the greatest players of all time. And also the chaos like surrounding that Pujols win. First of all, ESPN basically admitting that they miscounted the home runs <laughs> and that there should have been a swing off rather than an advancement. Pujols giving his gloves to, I believe it was Fernando Tatis' cousin who was sitting in the stands and having to get them back because he needed them for the second round. Yeah. It was amazing. We were, we were watching the home run derby together in, uh, in Jersey in my parents' pool. And one of my friends, for fun, the next round, bet Pujols to advance to the finals past Soto. $10 to win 200 plus <laughs> plus 2,000 odds. And it looked really likely for like until the last 30 seconds of that round. And we were screaming at him, cash out, cash out. It's like, no, diamond hands. Diamond hands indeed. Unfortunately, it cost him that $10 because as we know, Pujols did not make it to the finals. Juan Soto ends up getting there. Juan Soto ends up winning the home run derby. Uh, and... It just kind of started like a whole weird, you know, narrative again, because after talking, after winning the home run derby, Buster Olney asks him about getting traded and where he wants to go, which is always so just visibly uncomfortable to watch. It still wasn't even as close to as cringeworthy as the question asked of Aaron Judge on All-Star Game Day, right up to him taking All-Star batting practice. It was one of the ESPN reports. I forgot his name. I think it's Marley? Marley something? I think, Marley, I think Marley, Marley Rivera, I think. Marley Rivera. Never mind. I think I mixed two names together, but... She was she like used some young child who wanted there and judge on the Yankees and talked about whether he could she could tell him where he'd play next year and he was like uh, I don't know we got a good group of guys here right now we're gonna run out the season do everything we can to go as far as we can it was terrible yeah no it it was vis- I mean both of them were super uncomfortable not the time or place to be asking those questions it makes you understand why sometimes the players don't like talking to the media because they just set them up for things like this. Also, so weird that like you have this opportunity, you have all these amazing baseball players together, and we're in an era of baseball right now where there's so many great personalities in the game, and we saw a lot of them shine through this weekend. We saw Jazz having fun, David Bednar is just so freaking cool, Julio Rodriguez talked about him a lot already. It's like you have all this opportunity to make compelling, fun content that will grow the game and will help these players grow their own brands, but instead you're just asking really cringy questions. It's terrible. What? One of the things that I do love that you mentioned about this event and being able to build your own brand has to be the red carpet as well, oh, which yeah. is weird to talk about in a sports sense for two sports guys who I'll speak for myself here. Zero fashion sense. Give me gym shorts. Give me a pair of basketball shoes, some high socks and a T-shirt. And I'm happy for the rest of my life. But it's funny that now baseball has kind of become a little bit of a fashion event with the red carpet for All-Star Game weekend. Which is fun because other sports have this because the NBA and the NFL, you have like the off the bus to the locker room. It's especially a big deal. In the NBA, you guys, like Russell Westbrook and 
Mello, James Harden wearing like the hottest Gucci velour, whatever fashion you got. But baseball guys don't really have that. The Mets actually do a very good job with this, with the montage they show of the guys coming from the parking lot into the game. We see Brandon Nimmo in his black T-shirt. Waldo Escobar usually wears something fun. Lindor always has some crazy cool stuff on. But this was an event because a lot of the Mets really, really showed out for this <laughs> all-star game red carpet. I want to ask you, who do you think, because this, this is a compelling question here, was the best-dressed Met? I mean, I feel like the easy answer is Starling Marte, but I'll let you take that one here because I do have to give a shout-out to Pete Alonso. I, I didn't think Pete had the style in him. I didn't think he had the fashion. I'm imagining that maybe his uh, wife, Mrs. Alonso, had a little something to do with it because I, I got a feeling I know Pete pretty well in terms of how he dresses, and that doesn't seem typical for him, but he was rocking the all blue with the blazer. He had the, it was either Gucci or, I don't I don't know brands, but he was rocking some crazy blue shoes. He was rocking all blue for the Mets. I loved it. I think Pete was styling. He was living his best life out in L.A. He was, but he had nothing on Starling, dude. Starling Marte yeah, rolling no. up in the gold suit. With the with the abs, the the, 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 the very legitimate six pack. Like how many guys who will start like thirty three years old are rocking like literal abs? That's impressive alone. Also, our boy Alan translating for him on the red carpet also was stunting out there wearing a nice suit, looking fly. It was that was a good moment for the Mets organization as a whole. And Starling, Starling, it was it was cool to see him have this all star moment. And people kind of asked the question like, oh, he said he's not playing in the game. Why is he going to go? Look how much fun he had this all star weekend. Yeah. It's cheering a... on Juan Soto, who I think we found out's a distant cousin. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Was that not true? I mean, I saw it rolling around Twitter the last two days. I didn't corroborate it. I'm just saying it. But Starling might, so... Starling's just you know doing. He's doing a little. Uh, he's yeah. he's doing what he needs to do in order to you know maybe sway Juan Soto a little bit. Light recruiting, very light recruiting. But it was, it's it's cool. The guy like Marte goes there. I don't know if he'd ever been All Star before. Perhaps once, once, once one, yeah. one time before that. But this is in L.A. It's a whole different vibe, and it was very nice to see him enjoy himself for a few days. And, I mean, shirtless under a jacket is just, it's such a sick move, but Starling Marte pulled it off to a tee. Him and Jazz Chisholm, I believe, both did the uh, shirtless underneath the jacket or the suit, whatever you call it. I don't, I don't even, I don't know fashion, but it was a talk on Twitter. And I like I like that Starling Marte is getting his, his appropriate praise. Yeah, he's had a freaking incredible season. I don't know what his mess team would be without Starling Marte. Oh, my God. Now, did you watch? Let go. Did you watch any of the All Star game? I know, I know, you're a big home run derby guy. Did you get a chance to catch any of the All Star game? I didn't catch much of it. I um, I went to a concert last night rather than the All Star game. I've never, I don't know. I used to like the All Star game when I was a kid for the pageantry, but I just, I don't know. It just, it never, it's never really grabbed me like it did when I was younger. First of all, because like I know a big draw of the All Star game is that a lot of people just don't get to see these players all the time. Yeah. Like most people in the country don't know about David Bednar. A lot of people don't know about Jazz Chisholm. You know, people don't get to see Paul Goldschmidt, John Carlos Stanton hit nukes all the time. But I'm such a lunatic baseball addict that I watch these guys almost every single day. Like I, yeah. I put, I watch the Pirates versus the Marlins at 9:45 <laughs> on Tuesday. So like I, I see these guys. So it's not that cool. But I do understand still like the event. But also the home run derby the last few years especially has become like major three true outcome baseball, which also kind of annoys me even more so than like the actual product day by day. So I never go out of my way to watch the game, but I know for a fact you did. Yeah, of course I'm watching the All-Star <laughs> game. I have a problem. I like baseball maybe a little bit too much because I will watch the first pitch to the last pitch of the All-Star game, and that's exactly what I did. I was excited to see, you know, McNeil got his first start as an All-Star, so I was really happy to see that. They put him in the nine-hole. Brian Snicker, I see what you're doing. You're playing some mind games. Came in a little bit later with the Mets, too, I think, uh, later on in this game. But what I thought was really sh- kind of funny, even it ended up being okay because McNeil's not hurt, 
But McNeil in his first at bat got hit by a pitch by Alec Manoa. And what made it even weirder was that John Smoltz was, you know, they're doing a lot of live interviews with the guys on the field, guys on the mound, guys at the plate. He was talking to Alec Manoa, who was on the mound. And Alec Manoa was like, John, what pitch do you want? Where do you want it? And John Smoltz called for a back foot slider on 0-2. And that pitch just hit McNeil right in the, in the front leg. And, you know, everyone tweeted out the, the classic Buck meme of him just being disgruntled, uh, you know, on the steps of the dugout. And I was like, oh, my God, please. Like, even in an All-Star game, the Mets can't avoid getting hit by a pitch. I just think I didn't get hurt. That's the only thing. That also was a good sound by then because you had Manoa going three punches. Yeah. Which was cool. He's a fun pitcher. But well, that's, yeah. what, that's what I really like about the All-Star game, and I think you kind of did touch on it too, is, like, you get to see the personalities of a lot of guys, even if you do watch a lot of baseball. That you don't get to know. So if you're, you know, a Mets fan, you get to see a little bit more of Marte, Alonzo. Even McNeil was styling out there with newborn baby Lucas and his wife, which was crazy because he's so little. I've neither of us have had a baby to our knowledge, and I I didn't know that they were that small. They're so tiny. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What do you mean you didn't know they were that small it's like eight I, ounces like that's the baby i know i know but it just like it looked like she was like carrying a little purse <laughs> it is like it's like an incredibly newborn baby i think the baby's a week old from yesterday tuesday yeah. right no Monday he is jeff was uh super excited which also i didn't know that when you come out of the all-star game typically you just leave and go home like it's not like a stick around and wait kind of thing you pretty much just head out and they were talking to mcneil and he was like yeah like i'm I was super excited I was able to bring my son. I know he, like, literally won't be able to remember any of this. He's like, but got some pretty sick pictures. Like, I'm sure Lucas McNeil has a picture with Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols, which is, like, so cool. It'll be cool when Lucas McNeil goes to the All-Star game next few years when Jeff gets uh, obviously gets in again, and we see Lucas McNeil grow up as, as an All-Star baby. Yeah, oh, definitely. All-Star babies are in the future for these New York Mets players, without a doubt, especially with the talent. And then I also want to talk about Pete Alonso. He got his at-bat. He walked. That was Pete. There was a lot of first basemen, so he didn't get a lot of time. And then Edwin Diaz never came in the game. Brian Snicker playing a little bit of a, playing a little Bush League here, not putting no, in no, Diaz. No, 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 absolutely not. This was, this was a Trojan horse of Brian Snicker helping the Mets because not throwing so? that in and getting a full week off for Edwin 100%. I'm... I would have liked to see Edwin come in the game for the fanfare and the memes and the tweets and everything, especially see him get a save. But the fact that he didn't come in, bring him in, means that he actually respected him as the closer of the team. Like, he knows that he's the best relief pitcher in the National League, 100%. And just save an inning on that arm. Like, what, there's no there's no issue at all with Edwin Diaz taking a week off. Deprive the national audience of the Edwin Diaz trumpets. Do you think they definitely would have played it? Oh, without a doubt. You really? that he has like the most I feel like recognizable walkout song right now in baseball. Everybody knows about the trumpets, but you have to be able to experience to really understand the power of those trumpets. Yeah, not everyone does. Except I mean, but yeah, Brian Snicker, they play them for the freaking uh, for Will Contreras. God, yeah, they those Braves, those Braves, they're a real pain in the butt. But that being said, I mean overall the All Star Game experience was was fine. I mean I would love to have seen Pete win the home run derby. I would love to have seen Edwin get in the game and strike out the side because he's the best reliever in all of baseball. Overall though, nice little break, and I'm sure the guys appreciate it as well. 
Definitely. We got some stats from John back fr- from Italy. Thank God our lovely producers decided to rejoin us and give us Johnny more stats, stats again. Johnny Stats. This All-Star game outdrew the last Pro Bowl, thank God, and the <laughs> NBA All-Star game, though, and the, the NHL each in the last cycle, which I thought was pretty surprising. 7.5 million views. Yeah, I would have thought the NBA All-Star game would be more, but then again, like, out of... So the Pro Bowl is by far the worst All-Star game, no doubt. Like, I think everyone agrees that, like, why do they even have it? It's it's pointless at this time. I guess it just makes money because of commercials. NHL All-Star game, I think, is actually cool. It's just the NHL, so not a lot of people watch it to begin with. And then the NBA All-Star game, which used to be, at least for me as a younger kid, very exciting. I loved watching it. I feel like recently it's just become three points. So, like, everybody taking three-pointers, and that's just boring to me. The NBA All-Star game also change the rules i don't even know what they are because i'm not that plugged into the nba but it's like once you get to a certain amount of points combined by the two teams then it becomes like a race to something right yeah that's how yeah it, right, I, right? I, I there's a it's called a certain type of scoring i don't remember what it is but like you said like they play to like 120 and then yeah. that's pretty much it like first to 120 wins which i think that's an interesting way to liven it up are there any changes that you would make to the all-star game like if you had one change what would it be I like what they did this year, where if it would have been a tie, they weren't going to play extra innings, and they would just do a home run derby. Because I remember well, that All-Star game, I think it was the Yankee Stadium one, 2008 or 2009, when Dan Nuggler got the walk-out, got the game-winning hit or something like that. It was, the game went like 13 or 14 innings. They had some guy throwing like five innings in the All-Star game. You just can't, you can't get away with that anymore. Well, you also have the famous one where uh, it ended in a tie out in Milwaukee, where Barry Bonds, <laughs> I think I think a home run got robbed by Barry Bonds, right? And you, I think, you, isn't that the opposite, Torrey Hunter robbed Barry Bonds? That's what I mean, yeah. Tory Hunter robbed Barry Thanks, Bonds John. of the home run, and Barry Bonds went out in center field and tackled Grabbed him, which, him. Yeah, which is a, is a core memory in my mind. One of the most unbelievable moments from the All Star Game was seeing Barry Bonds and Ken Griffey Jr. on the red carpet, and seeing that Ken Griffey Jr. right now in 2022 is a larger human being than Barry Bonds. I would consider letting Barry Bonds DH at the current age that he's at right now. Yeah, if he doesn't, he could be the hitting coach. Yeah, I mean, like, assistant hitting coach. We're not. No, we're not talking about Eric Chavez doing a great job. No, not gonna get me wrong there, but he could come on the staff, talk a little bit. Yeah, remember uh, when he was with the Marlins? Apparently, they did like the home run derby with all the players against Barry Bonds, and Bonds still beat them all when he was like fifty, which is just a testament to what a freak of a hitter that guy was. Worst case scenario with Barry Bonds, just like. Let him up there and like just take a walk. Yeah, he'll lead at it still. Bring up the pinch runner. Perry Bonds could be like the pinch hitter in the playoffs, and you bring on a pinch runner immediately. You're burning two bench spots, but it might be worth it. Okay, so your so your change to the All Star game would be the the rule that's currently in place. My my change to the All Star game is let Barry Bonds still hit. Okay, just let Barry Bonds hit. <laughs> Put Barry Bonds on as the universal DH in the All Star game. Now, my if I had another change in the All Star game, I, it's so hard to make rule changes because I just know that everyone in baseball is so hyper focused on avoiding injuries. Like I would love it if this is stupid as hell. There's just try it's like we saw we saw a position player pitch, but like try interesting, interesting. Like, like go for it. Like someone who could maybe pitch a little bit. Okay. Like let I the like shortstop on the mound. Like if you used to pitch in high school or something, see if someone could do it. Which that'd be stupid because the hitters are so good that they annihilate them. But I'm, yeah. just, I'm just trying to think of weird arcadey things that would actually appeal to the mass audience while the players' association approving it. I've got two. I've got two. I think a draft would be really fun. I think that's draft an easy really way cool. to yeah. fit make but, just free content is whoever the top vote getters are in each league then draft. Like this year, it would have been Judge versus Acuna. I think that's a really cool idea, especially with baseball being so intricate with the drafts. I have another good one. If you take a guy out, you should be able to bring them back into the All-Star game. 
Definitely. Like some problems I have with the All-Star games that we start with starters and you have two winnings of the best players in baseball. And then by the seventh, it's like Jose Trevino. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it's the most intense All-Star moments, like especially because you're going to be going against the best relievers anyway. Like I would like to see like David Bednar versus Shohei Otani, like a matchup yeah. that you're not going to see very often. That's like one of the views of the All-Star game. So like maybe giving the starters the first inning and the last inning, even though I don't know how real baseball players would like to do that because then you're cold for three hours yeah. and you have to do it again. I think, the they go, I think they want to go home too. When they 100%. Maybe out. that's the best part of winning the vote. You get to leave because yeah. no, one, no one cares. I think another good one would be eliminate the shift. I think whatever you think about it in real baseball, that's up to you. I'm not going to try to convince you, but there should be absolutely no shifting in the all-star game whatsoever. That should be an influx of offense. I don't know where the national balls were, but the balls were not flying yesterday. Overall, like we said, it was pretty good. All right, I have a little bit of fun trivia for you. John okay. has confirmed that he already knows the answer to this, but can you name the two Mets to hit a home run in the All-Star game? I think one of them's easy, and I think one of them is a little bit tough. Ever? Ever. There's only two Mets to ever hit a home run, which is shockingly low, that's by ridiculous. the way. Because you get one representative every year. I know it could be a pitcher, but that's shockingly low. Daryl Strawberry? Nope. Piazza? Nope. Right. Yep. David Wright's okay. one. Thank God. Um, the other yeah. guy, I believe, won All-Star Game MVP. No which, way. Which, which is a big hint. Can you give me a decade? Oh, man. I think it's the 70s. Let me let me double check because I can find this real... Oh, no. Hold on. Wait. Finding it really quickly. Baseball reference. It was 1979. I'll tell you the year. Joel Youngblood. No. I like I like the guess. Lee Mazzilli. Oh, good one. Oh, Lee Mazzilli. Could have tried that if I thought harder. Not a yeah. guess. So that was a little bit of fun bit of trivia for you there. Cause John knew Lee Mazzilli? Of course John knew Lee Mazzilli. What do you mean? Of God course damn. John knew. The dude knows that he's Johnny Stats. He knows everything. It's unbelievable. Ah, oh, Jesus. Oh, this is a good question, actually. I want to do this one from the outline if we have a few minutes here. If you could add any other baseball-related competition to the All-Star festivities, what would you add? Okay, so when I was 12, I went to Cooperstown Dreams Park, hit three home runs in one game, no big deal. Um, just humble brag. You know, hit three in the game, opposite field, opposite field power. If the Mets are looking for you know a nice small right-handed bat, I'm, I'm available. But that was, only four, that was only 14 years ago. Yeah, it was only 14 years ago. Three home runs in one game. You never forget that. That being said, Cooperstown, they do a, you know they do a home run derby for the tournament. They also do a like most accurate arm competition, which is you stand in the outfield and you basically have like a bullseye at home plate. And based on where you hit it, you get points. I think that's really cool. But I think the one that would be really cool that will never happen is Bunting they didn't. Competition. No, they didn't around the horn competition. So you had like a, a certain pattern you had to follow, but it was whatever team could throw it around the infield and the outfield the fastest would be the winners. I think that would be cool to see with Major League Baseball players. Like, think about it. You'd get, like, Luis Guillorme out there because the guy's got lightning quick hands. He'd be extremely valuable in this sense. This is pretty funny, but I would love to to see a race. Or just a race? I would, like, put, like, the five fastest guys out there, line, line them up, like, straight across at home plate and, say, run to a line in center field. I would love to see, like, all the fastest players in baseball because, like, I think that a lot of times baseball players – aren't really appreciated for the incredible athletes some of them are some of them of course are not yeah but a lot of them really are like i, I would like to see a straight up race i also think that you said throwing accuracy you kind of stole that when i was gonna do it that'd be really cool if everyone's seen that video of ichiro i still don't know if it's real from back you in know, the day with the bats where he's hitting yeah. them at home plate very yeah. real i've done it myself with bangle on a youtube video really tough really tough of course it is but that, that'd be cool but I don't even know how possible it would be because I don't know how much space you would need, but I would love to see how far these guys could huck a baseball. Interesting. Just Like one, one crow hop and just wing it. Like throw a ball like 400 feet. 
Yeah, I I mean, what was it? Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Right threw it from home plate into the center field at ball, at uh, Fenway. Yeah, a pitcher did it too in Cleveland once. <laughs> pitcher shall not be named. I'm not naming him. <laughs> no, of course not. But yeah, I mean, these guys they do really cool stuff. It would be cool to highlight outside of just you know the home run derby. This is a funny one from John. Something at the competition ad. A home run robbing contest. A machine launches a ball, and the outfielders have to try and rob them. That's crazy, but you would know kind of where it was every time. So you're just making a beeline. You kind of lose the the hardest part of robbing a home run, I feel like, for the outfielders to track. The track to get to the the spot before it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Timing, if you're standing there, you know the spot. If it's in the same spot every single time, you run to the spot, you wait, you jump. Well, we could create a machine that shoots it in an area. And it, it's up. You got to track it. You know, it's got yeah. like a V shape and it shoots out perfectly. I, I don't know if this machine exists, but I, we could try it. Why not? Yeah, you got to very carefully angle it. Definitely. Definitely. I think that would uh, I think that would work. What else you got for me here? What else we got besides previewing the, you know, San Diego Padres series that's coming up? Well, I guess in some sad news here to kind of turn turn the uh, feels here a little bit. Longtime Mets sp- Spanish broadcaster Juan Alicea uh, died in his sleep on Monday which is unfortunate. Sorry for the loss. You know, of course, thoughts and prayers with the Alicia family. He joined the Mets in 1969 in the scouting and community relations department and then became the Spanish broadcaster for the Mets in 1982, called more than 4,000 games through the 2019 season. And of course, we've been up in this area a few times. They now have the Spanish radio broadcast booth in City Field, which is named in his honor. So a little bit of sad news, but he was an absolute legend in the game, especially in the Spanish broadcasting. Yeah, he began the Spanish broadcast for the Mets in 1982, and I can't imagine that many teams in baseball had broadcast Spanish broadcast before then. No, yeah, I would imagine he's got to be one of the most well-tenured Spanish broadcasters that there's been in the game of baseball, without a doubt. Yeah, so thoughts thoughts with the Alisea family. That's a valued member of the organization that would be missed. Definitely, of course. Now, before we get going to the San Diego Padres preview, we, of course, have the Estimate, which is the little game that me and James play where we talk about what's going on. We have something that our producer, John, gives us, and we try to see who's going to be closer to it. Right now, James is currently up one nothing on the scoreboard, and I think we're just going to do the tuxedo, I think, for opening day 2023. Is that what it's going to be? I think so. I mean, on, on the Mets, of course, but yeah. Okay, so whoever loses this by the end of the year will wear a tuxedo to opening day on 2023. John's got our question for us this time. Let's hear it, John. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, fellas? How you doing? How 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 was Italy? Ciao. (laughs) Big ciao. I got got some fresh gear. uh, (laughs) I feel like going to Italy and getting fresh gear. (laughs) Good. You got to get some fresh gear. But anyway, um, yeah, we have a good one here. Uh, a topical and timely one. So I don't know if you guys are aware, but Jeff McNeil's Major League debut, the anniversary of it, is upcoming this Sunday against the Padres. Jeff McNeil had a base hit in his debut and hits over 400 in his career against the San Diego Padres. So I ask you guys, how many hits will Jeff McNeil have in this three-game series with San Diego? Mark, 
Looks like you. It looks like you got an answer cooking. I'm first. I thought I was gonna get to go second because I went first the last time. I'll go first this one. Um, three. One hit a game. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, man, do I play the game and I go two and I get I get closer? Or do I play four and I take anything above three? Because I'm a homer, obviously, and I'm biased, and Jeff McNeil's my boy. I'm taking four. I'll just go four. I'll take the over on that, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully. Jeff, if you're listening to this, I doubt it, but maybe you are. I, I need you to step up this week. I can't wear a tuxedo opening day. It's just it's it it's gonna somehow find its way to be the hottest day of the year. I don't want to wear it. We gotta see James in it. So four hits or more, I'll take it. Yeah, the hottest day of the year, or it's gonna rain vivaciously. We're gonna have to deal with a tuxedo. But you you better hope with that four pick that he uh he's he plays against the lefty Blake Snell on Saturday. Jeff McNeil, that guy could hit lefties with the best of them. I I trust in Jeff, no doubt. All right, that was a good one. Like, this, this is going to be fun to do these little weird, like, nippy things all year and see which one of us towards succeed, though. Definitely. And, of course, John will be keeping track of it all year long. And just to recap the last one, I wasn't uh, with you guys for the last episode. The 230 guess on the was, was horrible. Yeah, just also to fill people in, we guessed Mark, how long Keith's speech would be. And Mark, as the first guesser, <laughs> said two minutes and 30 seconds. You know, I didn't, I didn't really think about it at all. No, I don't think you realized what was going on. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I even understood what the question was because that is an all-time bad guess. Keith Hernandez, guess. We when we were there, like we said, we were timing it. It almost took him two minutes and 30 seconds when he got to the podium to start talking. Yeah, he just, which, like, t- he just riffed, Yeah, so. Keith. Bad guess. Hopefully I can uh, make some ground up here on the next one because uh, we, we know I need it. I, I don't want to be wearing a tuxedo. So now before we wrap it up here, let's talk about that San Diego Padres series, three-game series, some cool giveaways at the stadium, I will note. Really cool. Saturday, they're giving away a David Wright Captain America pop vinyl, which people go crazy for. I don't yeah. understand the hype around these things, but that being said, I do want one. So I will be there Saturday getting my David Wright Captain America pop vinyl figure. I know they're and very Sunday. collectible. Sunday, I believe, is Gil Hodges' bobblehead. Yep, Gil Hodges' Hall of Fame bobblehead. That's another one I want. I'm a big bobblehead guy. Bobbleheads are an elite thing to collect, by the way. Friday has to be something, too. The Mets don't usually do a Friday without a giveaway. No, I think it's just it's just the black jerseys, and it's the DJ uh, night. Uh, who I don't know who's uh, DJing, but it, we're going to get some some rad beats for the stadium. Tunes. Yeah, some good vibes. I will say the DJs have done a great job. No, I think the DJs have actually added a nice element to the games. Yeah, it keeps, keeps us fun. So what are our pitching matchups here for the series against the Padres? I don't know if ours have actually even been announced. I don't think they I don't think they technically have either, but I'm assuming well, first of all, we know Friday night Scherzer. Okay. Friday night is Max Scherzer versus you Darvish. The Mets, as we know, have struggled with Darvish habitually. Remember from June, remember from the Cubs. The Mets don't often do well with you Darvish pitching against them. Sun Saturday, the Mets are facing off against Blake Snell, who they handled. They got to, but not well enough during the series in San Diego. And then Sunday against Joe Musgrove, who has ascended after years and years to being one of the better pitchers in all of baseball. He gets an inordinate amount of called strikes with his four-seamer, even though the whiffs have gone down this year. Lost a little bit of velocity the last few months. But I, I, I'm assuming we're going to have Walker and Bassett in some more of those other two days. I'm not sure which one went. Yeah, no, I mean, it should be a good series. The Padres are still one of the better teams in the National League. We saw them, what, two months ago now? They're definitely the they're definitely on the downturn though since. They've had they've had they've had a couple losing series since. They've lost two they lost they got swept by the Mariners to start the Mariners win streak. They lost two or three of the Giants. They just lost three in a row against the Rockies before winning a series against the Diamondbacks before the break. Okay, so they're playing. I mean, it's, it's the also break. It cools everybody uh, yeah, off. But they're just they're really not hitting at all. The Diamondbacks are not hitting. Diamondbacks haven't scored 
they've more they scored more than four runs uh twice in the last three weeks of ball that's not very good no it's not very good at all machado was blazing hot to start and he cooled down a little bit um Fernando Tatis is still not playing. Fantastic. Mets got to go through his whole season without seeing Fernando Tatis against them. Who else? Still got Juan Asokar in the lineup. Jerkson Profar is out. He's not going to play the series, I believe, Mach- which is big for us. Machado's great. Fantastic. Um, well, Jake Cronenworth's actually been blazing hot for the last month and a half. He's gotten back on track. They still have Hosmer at first base, yeah. You can see him in City Field, which is going to be really painful for all the Mets fans out there. Um, Taylor Rogers is significantly pitching worse than the last time we saw him. ZRA has actually ticked over four. I'd like to hear that. Yeah, and we got their three best pitchers. The strength of this team is basically these three guys. So we're going to be greeted uh, very rudely coming out of deadline facing three, I would say. <laughs> I'm recording this from my apartment in Brooklyn. I haven't done a recording here since we came out with the Mets. Did a few beforehand. I edited almost all of it out because it's it's complete chaos on the street it's, beneath me. It's, it's so nuts. loud. I've really muted out like three trucks driving, like a couple motorcycles. Just That was just some like salsa music. It's intense. Hey, listen, man. That's the that's the vibrance and culture of New York City, right there in a microcosm. James's apartment. <laughs> my, my apartment is a microcosm. <laughs> it's, it's tiny. All right, and you know what? I, I promised a mailbag, and I completely forgot to do it. So sh- we gotta do one. We gotta do we, one. We lied. Padres series preview uh, isn't the last thing. Let's go ahead and do a couple mailbag questions. Everybody wants trade deadline. A deep, deep trade deadline podcast episode will be coming. We're so, so very close. I really do feel like after the Yankees series is when it's going to be truly appropriate to go deep into the trade deadline because that's when we'll be like two weeks away, basically. And it'll be a two-game series. And also after the Yankees, that week is um, is at Marlins, at Nationals, and then the big Braves series, which we'll figure it out. Then after Braves, but by then the trade deadline will actually be passed. But after Yankees, the schedule gets relatively softer in terms of content. So we'll, you'll get the big one soon. And we also, we've... I don't know. We can't talk about Juan Soto that much. Like, no. I, don't even know how po- I don't even know how possible it is. Who knows? It's probably very unlikely that Do- Soto gets dealt this deadline, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's still fun to talk about, though. Yeah. Oh, of course. I'd love to. I, talking trades is fun no matter what. It's just we, we don't want to oversaturate you because we could talk about every single episode. That being said, let's take a look at some of these mailbag questions. One that popped up to me right here. It's going to be from Alex Cohen at A. Cohen LFGM. What are you guys most excited for in the second half in terms of the Mets and also for the pod? Congrats on the success of the show. Thanks, gents. LFGM. Shout out to Alex. Longtime listener. That's a name I recognize. James, I'll let you take this one first. Also, shout out to Alex. Definitely a very loyal listener, active engager. Um, most excited about the Mets, just the fact that we're going to be in a pennant race. Like, this is this is what it's all about right here. Like, Steve Cohen bought the team. Billy Eppler made a lot of moves. You signed Max Scherzer. We're just praying Jacob DeGrom. I'm not going to let him hurt me, but I'm still hoping. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but um, this Wednesday we're recording this. You guys will probably listen to this at or around when he does actually throw again, and we'll know more. Just keep track of Anthony DeComo's Twitter. But I'm, I'm just excited to be in a pennant race. With the fact that we're going to be going up against the Braves 12 times, we have a slight lead on them. There's a very, very talented, talented, deep race in the National League going on with these playoff spots. We're going to be seeing high a lot of high-quality baseball at the time of the year. We have not seen much of that in the last few years. So I'm very excited to be able to go through that, both as a fan and as a member of this podcast, and see the kind of content we're going to be able to deliver you guys. Yeah, no, that's a really good answer. I would say I'm excited about the return of Jacob deGrom and possibly— Why would you say that? The return of Jacob DeGrom and possibly 
the arrival of Francisco Alvarez. I think those two things right there are super, super exciting just because we've been waiting for a while for, it seems like, for both of these guys. So if they can both make it to Queens at some point this year, it's gonna be that's gonna be sick. That would be awesome. Imagine, imagine seeing those guys in a lineup together. I'm gonna I'm gonna feel great. I'm gonna get all tingly inside. Francisco Alvarez, I believe, was eight for his first 34 in AAA, and Jacob Degrom just had soreness in his shoulder. So I'm happy that you're excited. For yeah, that. of course, of course. I'm always uh, excited. Gotta look to the future, be, James. Is there any uh, anything in the mailbag that you particularly want to uh, shout out here? Oh, the fan on my computer was buzzing, so I turned off every single tab except for the stream. But I'll check it real quick. Okay. While, while you're looking, I'll find another one here. How yeah. about this? This one comes from Side Retired Pod. If the Mets could realistically reacquire one former Met, who should it be? He said they've done it with Todd Frazier in the past. Eyes emoji because he knows the Todd Frazier memes with me. Uh, James, any, any specific Met that you think could be interesting that the Mets could bring back? I was just on the side retired pod. A couple of nice guys there. Um, and we did the whole tr- Mets history trade episode Like since the 2015 World Series. It was kind of funny because when you go through all these trades, you realize that the Mets, likely more so than any team in baseball, are experts at trading guys and then reacquiring them or letting guys walk and reacquiring them. The Mets, in a span of three years, I think people forget this, acquired Jay Bruce in a trade, traded him for a quadruple-A reliever who would never heard from again, re-signed him in the offseason for too much money, and then traded him again to the Seattle Mariners as part of the package for Edwin Diaz, which is just no other team in baseball could pull things off like that. The Mets got less in a trade for Jerry's Familia than let's than the Mets gave up for Keon Broxton. Yeah. Like could you imagine that those that sentence out loud? Like how what other franchise in baseball would do something? And then the Mets thinking getting so little for Jerry's Familia re-signed him for probably a little bit too much money. Yeah. But if there's any Met that I could get back <laughs> Chaz, how dare you re- disrespect ryan ryan uh, he's, he doesn't have bad stuff he's actually still in triple a i think i forgot what team he's on but i know his era is in the threes and he's like striking out a batter per nine but any met i'm gonna pander here just bring just, wilmer flores home no that was bring mine. him home baby we need he could play third he can play a little bit of second he can mix a little bit of first he can hit left-handed pitching he's having a fantastic season at the dish i know the, the giants play matchups really well his, w, his wrc plus i think is hanging around 120 Bring Wilmer Flores home. I would be so happy to get Wilmer Flores. And also just because of the fact that he's such a fit for this roster right now, ironically. You took you took the name right out of my mouth. I was I was really hoping you weren't going to say Wilmer. I thought you had some weird reliever that you were going to drop on me or a starting pitcher in the past that maybe he's cleaned things up that you like. It's Wilmer. Wilmer does fit this team like really, really well. He crushes lefties, and we just struggle against lefties at times. I don't even know if there's a pitcher that fits that bill who's in the league right now. Like, who's a former... Is it Familia again? He wants <laughs> yeah. to be round three with Familia. Bring, bring back Familia. That's what it's going to be. Uh, John's saying loop. I guess loop. I mean, probably. is The Angels... I don't even know what the Angels are going to do. I think the Angels are too dumb to trade him. Bring back Syndergaard? I bring back Syndergaard. I mean, he has Syndergaard rental right now on the one-year deal. I think that'd be almost... That was almost like Stromanish, where it feels like he half-burned the bridge, which is really dumb because that'd be good. Yeah, he'd be good. Okay, imagine you got Mets, your... just, Mets just turns Syndergaard into like this just this classic James here, but the Mets oh turns Syndergaard into like the best reliever in baseball. There it is. I knew I knew the reliever was coming out. You were gonna say like, what if he's just like a lockdown seventh eighth inning guy? <laughs> just pitches two innings out of the pen. Syndergaard's really leveled out in the last month or so. He started throwing that slider again. He still has fantastic command. Doesn't allow that much hard contact. And even Loop, I know he had a cold spell in the middle of the season, but he's doing like the thing that was in Aaron Loop's range of outcomes, where he's pitching to a four ERA, but he's striking out like twenty five percent of the batters and. Getting a lot of lefties out, like it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. Did you find? Uh, did you find one from the mailbag that you want to shout out? I didn't even know that you do it. Kind of, okay. My computer is buzzing right now. You can kind of hear it. I feel bad. Yeah, hot, hot fan, hot fan. We got one last final question here. 
which will be this. This is just a fun, a fun personal one here, I think. Favorite Mets moment since y'all started doing the pod. That comes from Peter Kaplan. Cap, Kaplan, not Kapler, Kaplan. Uh, my favorite Mets moment, I think, had to be, like, kind of doing all, like, the, the fun little promo thing that we were doing on the field in the dugout, like, pretending we were players getting ready. It's really cool that basically every game we get to see our promo for the podcast up on the Jumbotron before the game starts, which if you would have told us that a year ago when we started this thing, or I guess now more like a year and a half ago, I would have been like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, in in your dreams. Like, I knew we could do it, but I didn't think it would happen like this quickly. I got two. That's a good one. That, that one is true. But two of mine, because like Mets, Mets moment, I feel like he was asking about on the field, but like it's been really cool to like actually meet fans. Like the concept yeah. that there's people out there that – listen to us like regularly and like look forward to this podcast is pretty amazing and kind of like humbling and shocking. I gave some stickers to my cousins. I hung out with them over the weekend and my cousin works at a summer camp and he hates rocking the Mets up sticker on his phone. And as everybody knows, Mets up stickers are exclusive. It's only Mark and I that have them. You got Yeah. You got to see us to get access to one. Maybe, maybe you've seen them around Manhattan or Brooklyn. He's kind of like Mark and I leaving our little like breadcrumbs everywhere. See where we've been. But uh, it's funny to see that. So he was at summer camp and he just whipped out his phone to text. And someone like grabs arm and was like, where'd you get that? He was like, what are you talking about? He was like, that sticker. He was like, what sticker? He's like, the messed up sticker in your phone. He was like, oh, this is my cousin's podcast. Like, he gave it to me the other day. He was like, what? He was like, yeah, my cousin James. He's like, oh my God, James, your cousin. Like, I watch him all the time. So like, shout out that kid who lives in, I don't know where the, I think they work in a summer camp in Monroe, somewhere in South Central Jersey. So shout him out. Hit me up on Twitter. If we come to the game, we'll get you a, we'll get you a sticker so you can match Anthony. But like favorite Mets, Mets moment on the field. I think probably like we've been at some cool home games this year. Yeah, like that that first home game that we went to the Sunday night Scherzer game after um we shot those first interviews with Zeal and Coney were really cool because yeah, awesome. Mets played well. Jose Alvarado gave up runs. Like we just had a fun night at the ballpark. Recorded a cool episode after that was that was a good day. That was the, like the day of realization. Yeah, no, that, that was that was really cool. It made everything start to feel very, very real for us in a time of like a lot of negotiations and talking going on. We're like, oh, I, I think I think it's gonna happen. Like, I think this is gonna be the real deal. And the Mets win, beat the Phillies. You know, you know, I'm happy whenever we beat the Phillies. And one other series. Yeah, one another series as the Mets have done all year long. James, I think this is a perfect place for us to wrap up this bonus episode, second half preview, second half talk, All Star Game, Padres preview, mailbag, whatever you want to call it. I think it was fun. Yeah, we said it was going to be 20 minutes, and it's 40. We just, we simply can't, we can't do 20 minutes. We got too much to talk about. We love talking yeah. about the Mets too much. No, it's fun. I just I sat in my room and worked all day. This was a good, this was a good repri- reprieve. Yeah, it's a good relaxing way to wind down and finish the day. You guys will be listening to this hopefully in the morning or whatever you do. Let us know. Tweet at us. Follow us on all our social media at Mets Up. Like I said, we just had a TikTok blow up with a Brett Beatty interview. 400,000 views. Can't believe it. So make sure you're following us on all our social media at Mets Up. It was up up. to like 4.30. Hell yeah. Let's go. If you're watching the YouTube videos, it's on the New York Mets YouTube channel. So go subscribe to them. If you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, drop us a rating, drop us a review, follow the podcast, download it, whatever you got to do. Follow James on Twitter at James Chiano. Follow me at Giraffe Neck Mark. And that's where we'll wrap up this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Messed Up Podcast. Peace out. Peace out, guys. See you next time. Get up. Get, get up. Get up.